0: Well, good evening. Good to see you tonight. Um, good to be back in God's house, and and um, we're going to look at the Word of God just for a few minutes. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn over to Daniel, the book of Daniel. I'm going to look at really just one verse in the first chapter of the book of Daniel. The title of my message tonight is "Living in Difficult Times." This has been a, a theme of my heart for a good while. As I watch what's going on in our society and in, in our world and in, in our country and, quite honestly, in our churches and, quite honestly, in our homes, I'm seeing lots of things that I never thought I would see. Would you have ever thought, I hope you don't think this is political, would you have ever thought that another country could fly a balloon and spy on us all the way across the United States and shoot it down? Off the eastern coast, after it had collected information, no doubt that is of our national safety. Wow. But it's also an indication of where we are spiritually. We can get into that. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but it says something. And so, for you and I as Christians, I think the challenge is, is how do we deal with life in these circumstances? You're here. You have a purpose, you have a plan, that God, or God has a plan for you, and I think we are here and we need to honor God as we live here. I'm going to look at um, just the ninth verse of the uh, first chapter, or I'm sorry, the eighth verse of uh, Daniel, first chapter. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the Enoch's that he might not defile himself. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I have no ability tonight. I confess that, and this is a great people, great group here tonight. But I want to be faithful to you, and I pray that you'd help me um, to say what you'd have me to I'm here only because I know that the Holy Spirit is here and He can accomplish what I have no clue and can speak to each heart tonight as only um, He can do because He knows every heart here. So I just pray that you'd help me that I'd be faithful to you, that I would deliver the Word in a godly way and that uh, perhaps we could use this in our daily lives. Then I also pray, Lord, that Maybe there's someone here that doesn't know you in the forgiveness of sin. I pray, God, that even in a message like this tonight, I do believe that you can prick the heart of lost people in an unusual way, and people can be saved. And so I pray tonight, if there's someone here that is lost, God, would you deal with them as only you can. I trust you for it all. In the name of Christ, I pray. Living in difficult times. Well, I've already preface this with the idea that these are difficult days in which we live. And I spoke here a while back, and I'm amazed that almost every day we see things that we never thought we'd see. Every newscast is more uh, unbelievable than ever before. Um, There are things happening in our communities. Um, I think since the last time I was here, and I'm not for sure about this, but uh, over in West Frankfort in our community over there, um, they had a situation where a young girl decided that she wanted to um, dress in the boys' um, locker room. And because of that, it had caused one of the teachers who was a Christian to say, I won't allow that, and he was suspended without pay. As far as I know, he is back on the job, but they have reassigned him. But in the midst of that, you may or may not know about it, that when she was allowed to dress in the young man, or in the men's, um, or boys' locker room, there was a young man who uh, was a straight-A student who made the statement to her that you ought not be here. And then there was a, a confrontation occurred with another young man, and he ended up in the uh, alternative classroom, and he had perfect grade scores and had never been in suspension. And because of that, he was booted out of the beta club there at that school. Now, one of the things that, that I see today is that in our society when we disavow the Word of God and go a different way, it brings nothing but chaos. Think about that just a little bit. Think about the Ten Commandments. They bring order to our society. And God's plan brings peace when we are obedient to Him, and we trust Him. I find it interesting, I'll throw this out to you tonight, that I've been looking, and I've known this for a while, but there is a prominent preacher, um, Andy Stanley. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's Charles Stanley's son. And um, um, I was looking at some stuff, a guy sent me this, I've seen this before, but Andy Stanley believes that really that the Old Testament has no value for us today. And I was thinking about this, what's he going to do with the Ten Commandments? Isn't that interesting? And that he also has gone so far to say that only the things that Jesus dealt with in his ministry are things that we can hold to to be truth. Now it's interesting that Jesus, when he was here, quoted Old Testament passages and cited things in the Old Testament. So I think if Jesus believed it had value, it still does today. It was interesting. i got to throw this in just for a minute because I saw the YouTube thing and on it was Charles Stanley. He's looking over his shoulder and said, you're going to regret this, boy. And he will. He will. I just say that to tell you that there is untruth out there even in Christianity today. Daniel was a man of purpose. And his purpose was to honor God. This verse says that he purposed in his heart. And I think it's an important passage in the fact that you and I need to understand that we need to decide what we're going to do with Jesus in salvation. Most of you here, no doubt, are Christians. But there is even a greater question. What will you do now that you have the Holy Spirit within you? Will you decide to purpose for God the things that He wants in your life. Now, I don't know all of you here, and even if I did, I don't know all the circumstances that you are dealing with in your life. But I believe that that God knows all of that, and He has a plan for your life, specifically for your life. And I believe that He wants to um, do a work in your life. We're not put here to be saved and satisfied, The fact is, I think we'd be better off if we were saved and unsatisfied and we got with it and decided we were going to be faithful to the Lord. And so Daniel did that. And I want to look at some of the things that happened to David or Daniel that is, I think correlates and we can identify with today. First of all, I want you to understand that he was in a foreign land. In this first chapter, you will find what happened was that the Babylonian Empire had overcome Jerusalem and they took captive some young men, uh, some of the finer individuals they thought and brought them to Babylon. There are some indications that uh, Babylon did not destroy, destroy Jerusalem until the third time that they actually went back there. But they leveled the city basically. And so they were the world power at that time. And Daniel was brought back as a uh, teenage boy. We don't know how old he was. He could have been an older teenager. He and some others, we don't know how many, but we do know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was part of that group. And I think it's important that those men were also mentioned here in the seventh verse, actually previous to this. And you see some things are particularly the story of the fiery furnace that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the ones that were the main characters in that that situation, Daniel was not mentioned. I don't know where he was at that day, okay? He may have been on a uh, lead to, uh, I don't know where, okay? But he was there, all right? And in that, we see that these boys were young, and I almost have to wonder in my own heart of hearts, what kind of home life did they leave? I can't help believe that their parents had instilled in them the Word of God. And they trusted the God of the Word. And they brought this with them. Can you imagine the journey to Babylon to be uprooted and know that probably your life is going to change forever and may never change? I believe that Daniel actually died in Babylon in captivity. I can't prove that. i looked it up, can't find any answers to that. But he was a very old man and was still there in Babylon. And he, when they got there, you was a young person. Some of you were at one time, weren't you? Do you know the challenges with that? Even today, there may be some people that when they get away from home, they begin to think differently. I'm thankful that God has kind of got that out of my life, okay? And I try to be the same no matter where I'm at. I realize that I want to honor the Lord wherever I am. And so I take him with me, and I trust him. He, uh, in the very first part of this, this chapter here, Daniel was a man who was very intelligent. Most believe that they brought some of these young men, were very intelligent. They may have tested them. I do not know, but Daniel was a man who looked at the situation he was in and tried to to rectify or to try to find a way to deal with the situation. If you read in the first chapter here, he talked to the captain of the eunuchs and and told them that he didn't want to defile himself. And so what he did was ask him if he could take the delicacies or the things that they had in their Jewish culture and use them. And if their countenance wasn't any better than the others, then he would do that. But he trusted the Lord, and you know the story that after the time, their countenance was better than the others, and the eunuch allowed them to continue the diet that they had been accustomed to and what God had called them to. Which, by the way, is interesting, after all of these years, and I remember as a young man knowing that in the Old Testament that the Jews had a certain diet that God had commanded them, and we now know in the 21st century that that was that Diet was the best for them. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it amazing how technology catches up with God sometimes? You know? I I tell you, I am convinced that we have no reason to be afraid of technology. As Christians, we can embrace it. now, You know, within reason. But I believe that ultimately, the facts of life, archaeological finds, and all of that are proving that the Word of God is true. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting, too, and it's great comfort to me to know that at the end, and when men and women are in hell, they're going to understand God was totally right. But you and I who are Christians will be in heaven rejoicing. No, we were on God's side, and we will rejoice forever. Well, that didn't cost you much. It didn't take too much time, okay? So Daniel was a man who looked at his situation, tried to find ways to exempt himself out. And I think that's a lesson for us, that even today, we just say, well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go this way. But we ought to look at ways that we may remedy some of the situations that exist. I'm in the middle of something right now uh, with the organization that I'm involved with, and I'm not happy with the direction they're going. and, And I've been wrestling with the idea, how can I... Um, get across my view to the point that we would would not go the direction we're going. Now, that's I've said a lot there, and that's confusing. But I'm trying to, through the Holy Spirit, and and I believe the Holy Spirit last Sunday morning while I was getting ready for church kind of showed me how I may be able to remedy that situation. I don't want to give up. I don't want to just say no for no sake, okay? But I want to be able to challenge people And get them to think, okay? Well, he was in a foreign land. Um, His beliefs were challenged where he was at. Interesting, isn't it? Are our beliefs being challenged today? Listen, I want to tell you this, that you think that you live here in Hamilton County or in Franklin County where I live. Listen, this thing, this ungodliness is coming at us like a wave and it's going to, if you're not careful, if you're not established in what you believe, you'll be taken down by it. And by the way, I want to say, not only in our communities, but in our homes, that will also happen. And that is where people really get, uh, it, I guess many people don't believe that we as Grandparents or parents have to take a stand. Sometimes we do. I told uh, a group today that it's a lot easier, it was a lot easier for me to be a, a dad than it was a grandpa. Because when my children were at home, we just dealt with a situation and said, nope, and we're not going that direction. Um, I can relate to you a number of times that happened. And thank God my children were not rebellious and when we stood and we didn't just say no, we tried to explain to them why, and, and sometimes there was a spiritual reason why we wouldn't gonna go that direction or do something. And we've had some wonderful conversations at our supper table, which I think would help a lot of families today if they took time to eat together at home rather than at the pizza place. I'm serious about that. And and when I look back on it, my kids. They're 42, 45, and 48, I believe. When they come home, they still talk about things that we talked about around the table at home. And I think they learned a lot, and I did too, and God was good. But being a grandparent is not as easy as that. I can't tell them how it has to be because they're not under my roof. all right. But I can warn them that there are some things I will not allow under my roof. Now, I want you to think about this. There may be things coming at you that you never dreamed in your family. One day, something may happen, and all of a sudden, you realize it's there. Let me give you an example of that. I was an interim pastor at a church. I won't tell you where it was at, but while I was there, I found out that there was a deacon in that church who had a daughter who was a lesbian, and she decided to get married to another person, lady, female. And the dad, who was a deacon in the church, went to the wedding and gave his daughter away to another woman. Now for me, that's out of bounds. Okay? It just is. I, I can't condone that in any way. That doesn't mean you don't love your children. Fact is, I think when you stand on God's principles, you love them. And I don't when we spanked our children, yes, we spanked our children, God gave us a place to do that on their, um, their body. We never beat our kids, although Kay come close a couple of times. She, she, there was a few days, but she was, no, I'm just joking. But man, um, we, we spanked our children, and, and I think it helped to mold them. It's It's amazing. We still talk about that, The two of our kids can tell you the last time I spanked them. They don't even know why I did it. I told them, I said, I just did it because I wanted you to know I still would. <laughs> I have a story about Kay. She spanked our 16-year-old, our oldest boy, when he was 16 years old. She was mad. <laughs> and when she swung toward his rear end, he, she had to swing up. What was interesting about that, she was, man, she was unhappy. And if I told you the whole story, it's the most interesting thing ever was. But I thought about that a lot of times. It took quite a young man for him to take that from his mother. I'm so glad that he did. So I think that we've got to stand firm because our beliefs will be challenged. All right, I want to look at another point here. That Daniel, as a teenage boy, was in Babylon for many years. Um, he probably lived to his 80s, perhaps his 90s, and he died there in Babylon. And during that time, he was um, served under three different kings that we know of. There was Nebuchadnezzar, which is an interesting story in itself. He was king whenever he took him from Babylon. And there were some unusual things that happened to um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar that he hadn't. I believe there's a, there's a maybe a chance, maybe that um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar perhaps became a Christian. I don't know this, but there were some things that happened in his life when he became mentally ill. Remember when he ate the the, uh, grass in the fields, and then one day he came to himself and he gave glory to God for what God had done for him. I believe that's an indication of real repentance. Whenever you give God the glory, and you accept the fact that you're a sinner without hope and Christ saved you. I do not believe, and I appreciated several, a couple of years ago when Tim Lee was here, that he made the statement that we've lost the idea of repentance in our churches. I'm going to tell you something. There is no salvation without repentance. Absolutely. What did Jonah preach? Repentance. And they were saved in Nineveh. Um, man, you go all through the Bible, those men... Uh, John the Baptist repentance all of that and we have lost the idea of conviction of sin and the the reality of who we are but my friend that when you give your heart you turn to Christ in repentance guess what he always does he saves you you don't deserve that but that's what God does for us and so Daniel lived his life one of the things i believe in reading Uh, some of the latter chapters in the book of Daniel, that I believe that Daniel became somewhat weary with the fact that he was in a foreign land, where he was at. Now, I know that you never get discouraged, do you? Huh. I do. And and I want to tell you that, I was afraid that might happen, Um, that discouragement comes a lot of times from us. We blame Satan sometimes for it. But many times it's just us looking at our circumstances. And I believe that, that he was a man. Now it's interesting when you look through the book of Daniel, you don't find anything that Daniel did that was a, 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 a great sin of any sort. He was very faithful all through his life. And he had an influence on the kings. And he was faithful all the way. He had Unique experiences with each one of those kings, God used him in an unusual way, but he remained faithful. The ninth chapter really uh, is an idea there that I, when I read that, that uh, Daniel is praying that God would bring them home and that He would renew the nation, and the the angel Gabriel, when he was praying, appeared to him when he quit praying. He looked up and and he was there and Gabriel said to him, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. Isn't that interesting? I wonder what, when I look at that, because he was such a man of God, he was a man of prayer, there's no question he prayed three times a day. How many times do you pray? And I believe he got on his knees and prayed. Remember when they decreed that no one could pray, he got on his knees, opened up his curtains, and said, watch this. He may have but been a little bit rebellious. I don't know. I don't see that, but I've thought about that a lot of times. He wasn't going to hide it, was he? But he was a man of God. He stood. And sometimes, by the way, maybe we ought to stand and be rebellious to the world and indicate who we are. So that there's, I wonder if there's enough evidence for us If if we were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to prove us guilty? There's some who are secret Christians. Oh, I don't think God called us to be that. And Daniel was not one of those guys. He was a man who prayed and he sought God. And then in his later life, if you look from chapter 7 on, is really a, a prophetic in all that is in there. Now it's interesting, he he brought Daniel out of a homeland, sent him into a foreign land, and Daniel was faithful, and he proved himself before the Lord, and he then, God gave him prophecy that he'd given no one else. Wow! What does that say about the possibility of our faithfulness to Christ? Could it be that God would use us in an unusual way, Maybe not in this way, but maybe God will use your life to influence your family or your neighbors or who you work with. I don't know. God, can, God has that power. All we have to do is to be faithful to Him. And so Daniel was, and God gave him much. And I believe in progressive revelation. And what I mean by that is, That if we are faithful to the Lord, God will give us more insights to the Word of God. Now, please don't misunderstand this because it can't, it, it, I hear some of these preachers on TV, well, I've got a new revelation from God today. Turn him off. You know, there isn't anything new. Now, you may see some things, and I've come to the conclusion in my own life as I've read about the end days, of estentology. I have some ideas about what heaven will be like because I think God has kind of given me a little bit of insight. and you, He's done that for you. I'm not unique in this. Don't think I am. I mean, I'm not any smarter. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I know that. And I think that, that as we grow in the Lord, I have people ask me sometimes, well, how do I, can I know God's will for my life? You ever heard that question? Have you asked that question? Probably have. Well, I'll tell you how you know God's will for your life. I'll give you an answer to this. You do what you know that the Bible says you ought to do, what you know to do. Do that and be faithful in that and God will give you more direction. But if you're not being faithful, God's not going to give you more. Who do you think you are? And I think that as we, are rem- we remain faithful, there is much to be said. And I believe the Bible backs this up for men and women who have been faithful to the Lord. And I think age is a good thing. You younger people need to look at some older people. Sorry, but I believe that. and I've always in my life had tried to model myself after some men and women who were godly, who set the example before me. The greatest ones that I had was my mom and dad. And they weren't perfect. Goodness, no, they were not perfect. But I'll tell you what they were, they were faithful. I never had to question in my life whether my dad loved the Lord or not. Never did question that. I remember as a young man, many times, standing beside him, him sharing the gospel with another lost farmer that he knew. There was a man in our community who bailed hay many years ago. You know, it used to be, no, not everybody had a baler. and. Uh, they were square bales and, and Joe the Baylor man was what he was known as. My dad took an interest in that man and he had a stroke and was really unable to operate very well but he did anyway. My dad would help him, send us boys out there to help him. And I remember standing beside him one day and he shared the gospel to Joe. Now Joe didn't get saved but my dad lived his life before him and had a heart for him. I've I learned how to share the gospel with people. My dad taught me how to do That's pretty doggone good. And I wonder, has your children heard you share the gospel? Have they seen you praying? Have they seen you about God's work and know that you are a child of God? Well, it's a fair question, isn't it? I think we ought to answer it. So, even, I believe, that Daniel was weary in the land in which we lived, but he was faithful to the Lord to the very end. Now, we've looked at the history a little bit. God gave him insights to prophetic things that correlates with the book of Revelation. And there's no fallacy there. I don't understand it all, but I believe it, okay? And, as I, and I, I'm not into eschatology like some are, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I've forgotten a lot of stuff that I used to know. Does anybody have any problem with that one? And um, so it's good to be reminded about it. And and, um, Daniel gives us insights in the latter part of the book that we wouldn't have otherwise. Now I want to talk to you about this, about the application of how do we look at all this and what do we do with what we see in the book of Daniel. Well, I want you to know, that you and I are just like Daniel in so many ways where we live. First of all, we live in a foreign land. Did you know that? As I grow in the Lord, I'm getting more homesick all the time. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. And, And some of the reason is because as I drive, I was thinking about this the other day, as I drive through Thompsonville, town of 500, I didn't go to school there, but I can start on the west side of town when I come into town, and there's houses there that I remember people that lived in those houses. I don't even know who lives there now. I used to know everybody in Thompsonville because I did visitation work and got to know people. I think we need to work at being social and being able to get to know people and revealing, and hopefully the Holy Spirit can use us to win people for Christ that way. We don't need to be hermits, okay? But I now realize that many of the people that lived on the main streets there in Thompsonville are gone. And guess what? My wife has become one of the older people in the community. And me too. I it, kind of hard to take sometimes but it's reality and so I love my family I love my kids but I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to heaven I can't I like to think sometimes about what heaven will be like I'll tell you something that I've come to the realization about that I'm looking forward to in heaven Oh, I want to see Jesus I want to touch the hands of God I want to see my mom and dad But I'll tell you what I want to experience, the loss of this sin nature that I have that dogs me every day, everywhere I go, this sin nature. Now, I believe that as I've grown in the Lord, I'm overcoming that more and more, but it's still with me. It's always there. When we get to heaven, we won't have that anymore. And that will help us to be able to worship like we ought to when we get there. We won't have this, all these aches and pains that we have, us older folks, or me anyway. And we will lose that sin. Amen. And, and, and you, just, you just sometimes ought to begin to think about what's in heaven waiting for you. There'll be a welcome there for me, far beyond the crystal sea, and these hands of mine will touch the hand of God. My goodness, I could almost shout about that. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Because this world's not my home. Daniel lived in a foreign land. He also had the challenge of his beliefs, and you and I are having them today, aren't we? Never before, and I've already mentioned this, have we seen them like we are today. And the days ahead will not be any easier. There are some who believe that there may be a revival in America. I hope so, but I don't see it on the horizon. I do not, (laughs) I'll get into this just a little bit, in the book of Revelation, in Daniel's teaching, I don't believe we find any references that you can identify the United States of America in the book of Revelation, which I believe is an indication that we are headed for a downfall in this nation. I don't know how quickly, but I think it's happening. Now, revival could come tomorrow, but I don't see it on the horizon because there is a wave coming at us, and our beliefs are being challenged. And today, you need to stand firm On the Word of God. I appreciate uh, Jacob's uh, preaching and his identity with the Word of God. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against God. There in Psalms it says that. And as we we have the Word of God, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's good for us. We need to hear it. We need to hear it proclaimed. Proclaimed. And I I wouldn't be here tonight if I didn't believe that I could proclaim the Word of God and somehow between me and you, the Holy Spirit of God, teach you something that I don't know anything about. (laughs) I mean, think about that one. And I think that we, we have a responsibility to be in the Word of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know the Word of God and you need to read it on a daily basis. Is it a challenge for me to do that? I wish I could tell you I read my Bible every day. But I'm going to tell you something. I sit there in my easy chair at home, and my Bible is always laying there on the lampstand. And sometimes I think, I need to be reading my Bible, but I don't do it. Are you disappointed in me? You ought to be. Because I'm a little lazy. I, I don't like to read, I like pictures. You know what I mean? When I took my ACT test back many years ago, one of the things, the worst I was, was reading comprehension. It's always been a problem for me, all right? I don't like to read, but I believe that we need to learn how to read, and we ought to read God's Word whether you want to or not. I made a commitment a few years ago in my younger days, and it changed my life whenever I decided that I would read the Word of God through all of it, from front to back. It was one of the most difficult tasks that I ever had, but I would read in the mornings, and sometimes when I read the Bible, it just seems like I couldn't, I couldn't stay focused on it, all right? But there were other times when God would show up. Now, I think of that song that Jamie's led us in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And I, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. I'm going to tell you something. I grew in my relationship with Him because, first of all, I got confidence in who I was in Christ Jesus. The Bible proved to me and showed me that I was a child of God. And one of the reasons I know that is that the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me and revealed truth to me. He doesn't do that to the lost man. The only truth that the lost man will get from God is his lostness. And so we can find reasons to rejoice. Well, time's getting away from me. We're we're going to be challenged in our beliefs. And you will be weary. Right? Yeah, you will. But that's okay. You just keep on keeping on for the Lord. I heard my dad say that so many times, I got sick and tired of hearing it. But it's amazing how it's impacted my life now. Many things that my parents told me that they repetitiously did that helped me is now helping me in my own spiritual life. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you feel like, I don't know whether there's any value in me coming to church on Sunday night or Sunday morning or Wednesday nights. Can I tell you there is? There is. God will bless that. And I believe that God's wanting to do a work, the reason the world's in the mess it's in, is not because the world is worse, it's because God's people are not righteous and godly. At the turn of the century, there was someone who came, I think, from uh, France who wanted to understand what made America great. And you know what he found was? That the pulpits were aflame with righteousness. Woo! We need righteousness today. We need to be where God wants us to be and honor Him in all that we do and believe that. Doing the right thing is a godly thing and God will bless it because He will, ladies and gentlemen, He will bless righteousness. You get faithful and your life, this morning in our Sunday school we were talking about this and I believe that that we ought to have a life that has a purpose, a life that has a direction that we are totally committed to the Lord. You'll fail but you just keep on keeping on for the Lord and keep on Doing what he wants you to do. Now I'm going to finish. Tonight, what's the value of this message? I'm glad you asked. I believe that all of you here who are born again, that the Spirit of God can speak to you in some way and maybe identify some things in your life that you need to be doing differently. I have no clue what it is, okay? But I just know you're just like me. <laughs> I've got things in my life. This past week, I had something in my life. It wasn't any great sin. But it was, it was just not trusting God. And so I determined that I would trust God for it. You know what happened? God worked in my life, and He gave me some freedom. And I, one day I realized what God had done. God had done that. You need to just give some things over to God. And say, so God, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm just going to trust you. Would you help me this week? I had some happen. last a couple of weeks ago. I'll share this with you. I'm a farmer, as you all know, probably know. But I have a struggle in my life. I've I don't use foul language. You will never hear me. But when I bump my head against something really hard, you know what I mean. And I listen. That's between me and God. I'm going to tell you something. It's not what God would have me to do. And the other day, I was coming out of a grain bin and there was a thing sticking out on the auger, and I hit my head right, just right here. And I thought, oh, man, that hurts. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God showed me something. You didn't do what you normally do. I'm headed in the right direction. Hallelujah. Praise God for it. And I want to continue that way, but it will be a battle for me to always do that. It'll be a battle for you in some areas of your life that nobody else knows about, okay? So is God got something for you? When we give an invitation, I don't want you, you can come forward and pray if you want to, and, and that'd be great, but I want you to think about, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you, maybe even this week when you're away from here, I always measure a good sermon on how far I get with it, whether I make it to the car with it in the parking lot or whether it stays with me till Monday morning or Tuesday morning, and that's really true. So maybe God will stir something in your heart and identify something in your life that you need to change, and He can do it. He can do it. Maybe you're here tonight, and you're lost. You've never been saved. I want you to know that Christ died for you. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe the whole world can be saved. I believe His propitiation on the cross of Calvary was enough to save every individual. But not every individual will. And many will die and go to hell because they don't accept what He did for them on the cross. John, the third chapter and 18th verse, they are condemned already. Why? Because they have not believed on the only begotten Son of God. It's all been done, taken care of. You just need to put your faith and trust in Him. And if you call upon Him, He will save you. And he'll save you now, by the way. All right? So I don't know what's on your heart and on your mind tonight, but Jamie's going to come in just a little bit. We're going to stand and have a word of prayer, and then we're going to sing, You Do What God Wants You to Do. All right? Father, would you help us tonight? I don't know how you can take what I've said tonight and, and bring anything from it, but I'll trust you for it. And I pray if somehow you, um, someone here needs to share something or rededicate. I don't know what they need to do, but just help them do it. Maybe at the seat where they are, that they will acknowledge you and give over some things in their life. If one's lost here tonight, I pray that you'd help them to come and receive you. In the name of Christ, I pray and ask it all. Amen.